You're listening to the Government Huddle Podcast, brought to you by GMARKU. Each episode features a unique discussion led by public sector executive and global government thought leader, Brian Chittister. Experts in all things government from around the world join the show to share their stories and provide insight into the rapidly changing landscape that is the public sector. From digital transformation to workforce issues and even thoughts on policy, nothing is off limits. Come on, let's huddle up. What we have to try to do is um, adapt and be flexible to now this newness of the workplace dynamic. The workplace dynamic and leadership has been flipped upside down on its head. Now we are we are expecting different things from our leadership. In fact, now we are requiring it. And really, I like to say it doesn't matter which which generation, but specifically the new generation coming in, they're saying, hey, wait a minute, we don't have to take this anymore. Hence, you see the, the great resignation or, you know, whatever people are calling it, you know, today. But people are now requiring and expecting more of leadership. Welcome back to the Government Huddle Podcast, guys. I'm your host, Brian Chittister. And as we look to 2022 and beyond, I'm asking myself this question constantly. How will the best leaders lead? It's possible as we peer into the future that we've never faced one quite like this, so filled with uncertainty or possibility. For two years, we've been fighting a war with a virus and with ourselves that's really brought out the worst and the best of all of us. But of all the implications of the pandemic, The one that's really caught my attention is this, the great resignation, which is honestly fast becoming the great reorganization. And I'm interested in this because all of this really makes it more complicated and more challenging to be a leader more than any time in human history. So with that in mind, today's episode is all about you, making you better. It doesn't matter if you work in government or the private sector. The truth is we just need more leaders out there to help drive positive change in this new normal. And in my opinion, that starts with each of us waking up every day, choosing to be better. So let's get better. To help us do that, I've asked Dr. Nicole Smith, a nationally recognized leadership and EQ coach, actually nationally ranked number three. She's a speaker, a best-selling author, and oh, by the way, the CEO of JMS Creative Leadership Solutions. She also has her own podcast, which I'm sure she's going to talk a little bit about today as well. So let's jump right in. Nicole, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Brian. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. I'm, I'm excited for this conversation and full disclosure to everyone listening, there hasn't been a lot of prep for this. We really just kind of wanted to jump in and have a conversation here. And I love that because it seems like it fits really nicely with one of the the key pillars that you talk about, which is authenticity. And as, as we were kind of framing things out, I was looking at it and I saw a quote that you had, which I absolutely loved. Showing up as a leader means being even more comfortable in your own skin as the self-awareness journey allows you to be authentic, empathetic, and exemplary all at the same time. And I think that's fantastic. And I also think that is really what leaders need in this COVID environment these days. Absolutely. Brian, I mean, that quote 
when I say that to clients, when I say that in workshops, they're like, oh, you can just see the pressure. You can see their shoulders just kind of go down because it's like, oh, I can be my true self. Leadership today, today is asking you to just be yourself, be yourself, because we have been groomed in this uh, being perfect type of society, never making mistakes. As a leader, we're authoritative, we're commanding. And truly, that may not be your style. So you're not being authentic. You're not being genuine. And do know, Brian, when you're authentic and genuine, you then gain that trust and rapport more than you imagine. So yes, I, I and and like you said, it helps you be exemplary. You're not just being that top performer. You're being exemplary in what you do, demonstrating that excellence versus that perfection. I'm, inter- I'm interested in your thought here. So I, I feel like I've always been fairly open about myself in in my personal environment in my professional environment to be authentic to a degree but i know there's some people out there that and there's nothing wrong with it but they they're very guarded and closed off right their their professional environment is very very black and white this is going to be who i am here and being being the way they are at their kind of at their personal level at home right? Might look right. different. So what would you right. say to those kind of folks where it it can be hard to kind of, let's just say, come out of their shell in, in that respect? Right. And if you're speaking about coming out of your shell in the workplace, this right. is where we have a hard time understanding that our personal life flows into our professional life. Professional life flows into your personal life. So when people tell me that they're one way professionally versus when they're at home or in their personal life, I go, oh, so you're trying to be two people? Isn't that exhausting? Like you can't be your authentic self in the workplace and also to, you know, in your personal life. And they're like, well, you know, we've, we've grown up to say that, you know, emotions are not supposed to play in our professional life. And that's just it, Brian. What you're doing is you're trying to keep your emotions, which is a lot of your self-awareness, right? You're trying to keep that at bay. You're putting it in the trunk of your car when you pull up in the parking lot at work so you can be one way professional because that is an expectation that has been set for us over decades of leadership, We're supposed to be one way at work and one way personally. And people struggle with that. And what I'm noticing today is that people are so exhausted by the end of the workday because they're wearing this mask, trying to be this definition of professionalism that has been drilled into them over the years. And so they go home exhausted. And they're, again, like you said, a different way at home. So when I ask the question, are you exhausted at the end of the day? They go, yes. Why? Because you're wearing a mask and you're not being your genuine, authentic self. You're not bringing your whole self to work. And that's just another thing, Brian. We tell people, bring your whole self, your authentic self to work. But don't do this and don't do that. Be this way and be that way. And Brian, that's now today. That's exhausting and we need to stop. Well, it's not only just exhausting today. I feel like it's almost non-existent or, or not even, uh, you don't even really have the ability to do that anymore in, in the COVID scenario where you have kids running around the house in the background and, and dogs coming in and delivery men dropping stuff off of the front yes. door. I mean, it, you just, you can't help but almost be your true authentic self. And I think for better, or for worse, and I think for better, COVID really, really changed that. And I, 
it, that's that's kind of part of the conversation I want to have mm-hmm. with you here okay. is one of the things that I think organizations might be lacking right now are are really strong leaders. And I don't mean that organizations don't have strong leaders. Mm-hmm. What I mean is two different things. One, it's a different environment, right? I mean, over the past two years, things have changed dramatically. So it's a completely different environment that you're leading. But at the same time, you have a new generation coming in right. with different types of expectations on, on uh, expectations on their leaders on what they what they think is okay and not okay and, and who they would follow, right? Right. So really want to kind of dive in here as okay. through the lens of what are some ways that that we as individuals, right? Because I, I think it, you can you can start small and work big as individuals can help be better leaders for this new normal and for this next generation. Right. Absolutely. So we're, we're now saying post COVID, you know, everyone's post COVID or pre COVID. Can we, can we call it post COVID? Is that allowed? <laughs> yeah, you could call it post, you could call it post COVID. What I don't want people to do is say, get back to normal. Yeah. Because we're not going to get back to normal. And did you really even like that normal? <laughs> let's let's ask, you know, ask that. What we have to try to do is um, adapt and be flexible to now this newness of the workplace dynamic. The workplace dynamic and leadership has been flipped upside down on its head. Okay. Now we are we are expecting different things from our leadership. In fact, now we are requiring it. And really, I like to say, it doesn't matter which which generation, but specifically the new generation coming in, they're saying, hey, wait a minute, we don't have to take this anymore. Hence, you see the, the great resignation or, you know, whatever people are calling it, you know, today, but people are now requiring and expecting more of leadership. Leaders set the tone, okay? We lead people who manage the task, okay? We have a lot of leaders that are just good good performers or what we call top performers. They're good at building the widgets. And now they're being pushed into leadership and now they have to lead people. And we go, oof, I have to do what? Yes, you're leading people who manage the task and we are very emotional creatures. And now we have the pandemic and we're dealing with working remote and we're dealing with being a homeschool teacher and we're dealing with, you know, managing all the ins and outs of what comes with COVID. We're, we're emotionally exhausted. We are, we are exhausted to no end. And then now to try to have a leader, try to micromanage you while you work remote. Oh, no, sir. No, (laughs) ma'am. So now we're requiring different, different, different things. Right. But also too, Brian, this is where I said, you know, I I have to put a little disclaimer in there. We want to give some grace and mercy to leadership because they're in the middle of it as well with you. They're trying to figure this out as well as deal with the pressures and the emotions and the fatigue and everything that they are also going through. One of the biggest things I saw, Brian, with this COVID going through COVID is now, how do I keep my employees engaged, right? What do I need to do as a leader to make sure that they stay engaged, especially the, especially those millennials that are coming in because millennials crave feedback. They want feedback. Tell me how I'm doing. Tell me how I can be better. But then the leader's like, oh my gosh, we're going to have to do that via Zoom. 
<laughs> so, so what do I do? What, 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 what do I do? So now you have leaders coming in and they're being expected to now have these soft skills that they may have never been taught or never sat back and did any type of self-awareness, introspection, reflection, whatever you want to call it to say, how am I going to make it through this? Because Brian, one of the first things in, in the framework of my business, we talk about self-leadership. And then we talk about building and maintaining relationships. And then we talk about leading others, right? But a lot of people skip that step one of self-leadership. Have you have you noticed that the, the same group of people that you might have been speaking to that said that they might be two people, one at work and one at home, uh-huh. do they tend to come from a an older generation of people? <laughs> Is that, is that pretty accurate? Um, I don't, you know, they, some of them are in the older generation or someone like myself, um, that's coming in Gen X and, and, and I was raised by baby boomer. You know, mm-hmm. I have that, that work ethic of my, my yeah. father who is, you know, retired air force captain, you know, and, 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 you know, I have his work ethic because you would be surprised when I do different leadership workshops. I ask individuals to raise their hand that, hey, how many of you were taught not to bring any emotion to work? You know, there's no crying in baseball. You know, yeah. that was their 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 statement they would they would say. Probably 90% of those people would raise their hand. And I was like, wow, how is that working for you? And I would have some people say, as we said earlier, they're exhausted. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're exhausted because they're trying to be one way versus another and make a true, you know, separation between it. So yes, to your, to your question, I think it is who you were, who you were weird by, you, you know, your, your guardians, your role models, the people you looked up to. So yes, it's the older generation. It could be someone like myself, but there are some millennials that are in there as well that usually I consider those, those high achievers who feel like they need to be one way at work and one way at, at home. And when they go in, they're going, well, wait a second. When they have these feelings come out or these feelings about something, or, you know, they have some angst or some anxiety about what's going on in the workplace. Nope. I got to keep it to myself. I can't say anything. And when you don't speak up in the workplace about just how you are able to thrive and be an exemplary, you know, leader, exemplary, you know, colleague, employee, yeah, you're you're not going to thrive. It's going to go downhill. You're never going to move up. You're not going to move up in the workplace. Well, that, and I, I guess what what I'm getting at is you talk about authenticity, which I think is great, and sometimes authenticity can can show itself in different ways. Sometimes authenticity from from leadership is transparency. It's saying, "Hey guys, we have this big challenge in front of us and mm-hmm. we're we're figuring it out." You don't have to show up and just act like you have all the answers because frankly, everybody knows that you don't have all the answers. Where how could you in this situation? So to me, transparency is really one of the things that can connect you with the people that you're leading. And to me, connection is, is almost 85, 90% of leadership. It's connecting with the people that, um, that, that you're expecting to have follow you. It's so important. Yes, 
Absolutely. So we, we do need to recognize, to your point, we need to recognize that being just smart or being brilliant doesn't make you a, a good leader. You can be brilliant and inspiring, but you can also be overbearing, micromanaging and impatient. Yeah. And so, so yes. So going back, um, leaders do set the tone. Okay. So as a leader, you're coming in and you were showing vulnerability. Okay. Showing that you're okay, even though you can't control that, that outcome with that vulnerability, you're showing that transparency. You're showing your authenticity. You're showing empathy, right? Empathy in the past two years has just, you know, reared its head in regards to you have to have empathy in the workplace for, for people, for humanity. You have to have empathy for us to be able to move forward as a, as a nation, as a, you know, the world, just as people. Right. So when you going into your example of we're going to have to get this done, I don't expect you all to know the answers because I don't know the answers either. And when you show that authenticity, when you show that you are transparent in regards to your emotions, your your feelings, your self-awareness about who you are, you then gain that trust and that rapport. Okay, you're showing people that you are being flexible, that you're passionate that you are empathetic, that you're, you're loyal, you're loyal to the mission and the vision of what we're all trying to do as a team, right? But you're showing this. And as you continue to show this as a leader, okay, not being afraid to show this, you are gaining that trust and rapport. Okay. And I like to, you know, put in there as well, because of, of what I do is that, is that emotional intelligence, you know, 90% of your success they're showing today is based on your level of emotional intelligence and everything I just stated in regards to those, uh, what they call those um, soft skills. I want to call them those, those soft power qualities, right? Is that authenticity, that flexibility, being honest, being reflective. And as a leader, sometimes being the last to speak, sometimes sitting back and inviting that conversation, taking a minute to pause. So you can invite other people into the conversation. All right. We're not used to that. We're not used to that as leadership because the old style of growing up of being commanding and authoritative, those leadership styles, yes, they're still valid, but it does depend on the situation. And we have to understand as leaders that there is no one leadership style. You're going to weave in and out of different styles based on the situation that you're in. So this is where as a leader, you have to sit back and you're going to have to do some self-awareness to figure out who you are, your triggers, your biases, what makes you tick and basically be that leader, you know, show those characteristics of how you want to be led. And that sometimes is hard because we equate leadership with power and that power then overtakes you. Okay. That power overtakes. We've seen it, Brian. We've seen it. We've seen it over the past two, three years. We've seen it, you know, for decades. Leadership equals power. And we know what happens when people get a little taste of power. That's strong. One of the things you said in there that, that I can appreciate is understanding how you tick. Right. Um, I hope you guys. I hope you guys listening heard that because, to me, some of the best leaders I've ever I've ever worked with, they knew themselves and yes. 
they didn't try to go outside of themselves. They didn't try to to do things that they know they wouldn't be successful in. They knew themselves. And I think that can't be understated. Right. Um, if you're going to start somewhere, I would think that would be the place to start is to figure out what makes you tick. What are your strengths? And your strength doesn't have to be getting up in front of a hundred people and saying, Hey, follow me, let's go. And, and rah, rah, that Correct. doesn't have to be it. Um, it, you can, you can lead from the back. You can lead, you can lead quietly. There's a number of ways you can lead, but understanding yourself and what, not only just what motivates you, but, but what are your strengths? What can you bring to the group? Right. Um, and then the other thing you said about listening, I think that's such, I, I think we all know that inherently, but we forget it because we do get in the situations where sometimes we just want to be heard. We have an opinion and we want to put it out there. Exactly. And I think listening to everybody else, it, it fits in, right? Because you can listen and hear what people are saying and figure out the direction that things need to go in. And then if you know yourself, you know what you can bring to the group to help lead them um, into that direction. That's just it. That's just it. One of, one of the, when I used to lead teams, I would tell my team members, I don't expect you to know everything. However, I do expect you to be resourceful. So if it means referring to something else, someone else, hey, I think Brian would be good at this. He knows this. That's not my strong suits, whatever it may be. You know, and that goes to that self-awareness of knowing yourself, knowing what makes you tick. Listen, Brian, I ask people all the time, give me three strengths. Give me three strengths. They have a hard time. They have a hard time giving me their strengths or they give what I feel should be like those innate strengths. You know, I'm organized, I'm detailed, I'll pay attention to details and I'm good with people. Those are the three <laughs> strengths. I, <laughs> those are the three strengths I get. And I go, okay, you pay attention to detail. Yeah. We pay attention to what we want to pay attention to. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, um, I'm organized. Are you organized because you've had to become organized, you know, and you're good with people. Uh, okay. In what situations? Because there are times and moments in our lives where we just don't want to deal with people. And that is perfectly, perfectly fine. But again, it goes back to that, the self-awareness. But Brian, when I ask people to tell me an opportunity or better yet, a weakness, oh, I got a whole list of them, right? But what I find fascinating is people and even leaders will not display their weaknesses in front of their team right? They're going to workshop and go, oh, I'll tell you my weaknesses. Or they go to their coach or whatever and say, oh, I'll tell you my weaknesses because I want to I want to focus on those. Uh -uh. We're not focusing just on those weaknesses. We're going to like focus on some strengths to build those up to where you can be exemplary in those and recognize your weaknesses. But then when I ask leaders, have you told your team where your opportunities are? So better yet, Brian, in, in the leadership world, have you done a SWAT? Have you looked at your strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats? And have you displayed those with your team? Have you demonstrated those with your team? Have you stated those to your team? And a lot of times they're like, uh, I don't want to do that. I don't want them to think I'm, you know, I can't lead. No, they're not going to think you can't lead. But they're going to wait for you to lean in as a leader to say, listen, this is not my strength. Who on the team can do this for us to get to the outcome that we want to get to? If I saw my leaders do that, and I have had a couple of very, very good leaders in my life that trust that rapport, I would go to the ends of the earth 
for them. That motivates me. So to your point of what motivates you, that motivates me. When I see people lean in, they lean into their greatness, they lean into their strengths, they know their strengths, they know their opportunities, and you're sitting here and you're being very vocal about what is not your strength, but how can you help me with that? That's trust. That's rapport. That's motivating for me as an employee. I remember I was watching an interview with, uh, with Peyton Manning, and one of the things that, that came across was he didn't, he didn't want to hear any of his strengths because he knew himself. He knew, like mm-hmm. we had talked about before, how important it was. He knew he was, he was good mentally, right? That right. he could read defenses. He knew he could put the ball where it needed to go. Um, he knew he could help be a coach on the field. He knew all those things. Right. He wanted to know where he could improve and he wanted to hear it from other people. Mm-hmm. So he was vulnerable in those moments and, and he didn't, he didn't care if somebody else thought he was weak there. He wanted to know because he wanted to share those areas up because it's where we talk about diversity of thought. We, we want diversity of opinion too, because we can't see everything. We have blind spots for ourselves and to sometimes to people closest to us. So I think Absolutely. getting, getting that, that viewpoint from other people, um, I think can show you some of those gaps and hopefully allow you to prioritize some of those areas where you can focus. Yes. And so I, I going with that as a leader, if you are leading teams, you know, and you have your one-on-one conversations or even a, a team meeting, ask those individuals, what can I do better to support you as your leader, as your leadership, what can I do better to support you? What do you need from me? Okay. And so you're sitting here and you're applauding the leader for asking that, but then the employees, I need you to step up and say, Oh, okay. Well, since you asked, and I don't mean go in and go in there and roast the leader, (laughs) (laughs) but give those, you know, one or two bullets to say, you know what, you know, thank you for asking. Here's where I need your, your support. Because I have a lot of people go, well, I don't say anything. I just basically say, oh, you're fine. You know, keep doing what you're doing. And then walk away. And then they gripe either to their colleagues or they gripe to their spouses or partners or whatever it may be. And I go, well, why didn't you tell your leader what you needed? Oh, I didn't want him or her to think that, you know, I couldn't do it. What? (laughs) So this is where I say, when I said earlier, you know, give leadership grace and mercy because they're trying to figure it out too. So when they ask, what can they do to better support you? Tell them, tell them, step up and tell them. And so this is where, you know, leadership needs to always put that question in their one-on-ones and their meetings and so forth and saying, what questions do you have for me? You know, not what questions do you have? What questions do you have for me? How can I better support you? I, I truly need, give me one, require everyone to give at least one bullet, one item of how you as a leader can support your team. Another thing in regards to, Brian, we were talking about post-COVID or even, you know, now some of us, you know, we're still in COVID. <laughs> but, but, you know, it's not just about how your project's doing. You know, what do you need? You know, what do you get done? What do the numbers look like? One of those first questions, Brian, should be, how are you doing? How are you doing? How are the kids? 
I know you're homeschool. I know the kids are there. Are you doing, is this a good time to still talk because the kids may be at home running around, you know, how, how can I support you better? You know, how are you doing mentally, physically? How can I support you? Cause these times are tough and we need to start having more of a, um, compassionate people environment versus just getting the task done. Cause listen, when you show support to your employees, when you show them that you care about them, about them as an individual, about them as a person, trust me, they will go out and beyond for you to get whatever needs to get done, done. That will motivate them to want to help you succeed. Because of course we know when, every, when the employees succeed, the leadership exceeds, we all succeed, we all win, right? But you need to let, today, you need to let your team know that you care about how they are doing. And that's what I tell a lot of my leadership today when I coach them. You need to ask your employees how they're doing. I think it's interesting. The, the more we've, obviously COVID has accelerated the need for digital, right? For us to interact with digital. And it feels like the more we've shifted in that direction, the less empathetic some of the experiences have been so robotic. And that's something in my job at Genesis I'm looking at is how can we put empathy into the process, into the digital process? Um, even if it's a call center, how, how can we understand people and and understand and empathize with them throughout this process where there still needs to be a a positive outcome, right? But you can get there in a different way. If we take a look now at the workplace, what tips do you give some of the people that you're mentoring and coaching on how to be more empathetic when they're engaging with their teams or engaging with people, but it's via technology. It's not in person there. You can't, you can't shake somebody's hand, pat them on the back, give them Mm -hmm. a hug, but how can you provide empathy in an environment that that's a little colder than, than what we were experiencing maybe two or three years ago. Right. I love that you said, you know, you can't give somebody a shoulder or or hug. And this is where I say empathy is not about shaking hands and crying on each other's shoulder and giving hugs. That's not what empathy is about. Empathy is sitting back and, and something to what you said earlier, Brian was listening. Okay. Listening being hearing them being in tune to what they're saying so when you say digital um whether you're uh, using any of these tools zoom webex whatever they they may be okay how you can increase that empathy is you know i'm not going to get into debate whether to require your cameras on or not but that does help when you have your cameras on i want to see you i want to see your body language okay Sitting back and listening, and like I said earlier, asking the individuals, how are you doing? Don't just dive into the project or the task or, you know. And yeah, there's some times where it's it, it's one of those um, hectic moments where you're like, you need to get this done. How's this going? What's this doing? Boom. I'll call you later. We'll talk later. I, I, I get those type of situations. I'll, I'll tell you, Nicole, that that was a struggle for me before. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I, I would get into a meeting and I just wanted to jump into the task. Yeah. And and I didn't need to talk about my weekend or or the TV show we saw last night. I just wanted right. to to get into it and let's let's get some outcomes out of this meeting. And COVID certainly changed my mindset in in making sure that I was connecting with people. And I've Good. I've I've definitely found a difference for sure. 
Yeah, absolutely. And this is where I say in your agenda, in your meetings, allow five minutes for what I call that chit chat or that banter, you know, or um, if you can hop on a little bit sooner, you know, so you can just kind of chit chat before we actually dive into the agenda, put it on your agenda that you're going to have five minutes of just how you doing? How you doing, Tom? How's everyone doing? No, you don't have to get into everything you did over the weekend or anything like that. But also, too, what you're doing, Brian, is you, when you talk about that TV show, what? You watch that, too? Oh, I love it. It's one of my favorite shows. You know, people binging, you know, TV series and stuff like that. You're you're connecting. You're connecting. Now, there's different levels of, of empathy, and that can be a, 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 a different show there. But, but, you know, there's different levels of empathy. You know, there's that empathy where, Brian, it's something um, deep is taking place with that individual. And you need to sit and you need to listen. And you can even resonate with them by, oh, my gosh, because, you know, you both have children or you've both been in that situation. Okay. What we're not going to do is now tell your story, okay? What we're going to do is continue to listen. I'm not going to give tips on um, active listening or paying attention because if you're truly paying attention, you're paying attention, mm -hmm. right? So you're paying attention and you're listening to them and you can give that, oh my gosh, I, I truly understand how you feel because I've been there, all right? And you're listening, like I said, you don't jump in telling your story. Well, this is how this happened to me and this is how I handle it. No, it's, oh, okay. Um, can I tell you how I handled it? And it, it may help you. It may not, but I can share my story. And then, yes, please do, Brian, share your story. And you can get into that, 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 that talk. It's getting that trust and, and that rapport. There are some times where, you know, you provide empathy, that cognitive empathy where it's just, I get it. <laughs> life sucks. I get it. Yeah. It, you know, work is overwhelming. You have a lot to get done. You have a lot of deadlines. And me as a leader, I say, okay, what can I do to support you? What can I take off your plate? Can we write down the list of things that you need to do to see, do you need this? Can you get this done? We can push this out, that type of thing. Because as a leader, you have to balance your compassion. You have to balance your level of empathy because you as a leader in the workplace know there's still things to get done. You still have to meet that outcome. So Brian, how can I support you in this? Okay. Basically with empathy, you're sitting back and you're walking the journey with them or walking in their shoes, however you want to phrase it. You're feeling what they're feeling. You get it. You get it. And in the digital world, you can show that on Zoom and the camera. You can see body language in Zoom. You can see it if you're looking for it. Okay. Because sometimes we just see little thumbnails. But truly look at the person, okay? Over the phone, if it's just a phone call, your tone, listen to their tone, all right? Provide those pauses to where you're allowing them to speak, okay? Don't jump in ready to respond. We are creatures of habit, even down to how we respond. And this can be difficult when you're um, developing that self-control and managing your thoughts and your speech and, and your actions, especially in the midst of emotionally charged situations. And emotionally charged situations doesn't mean somebody's sitting there crying and they need a hug. Emotionally charged could be, oh my gosh, I have to meet a deadline and I'm overwhelmed and I'm frustrated and I need help. Okay. And as a leader, we have to truly pay attention 
And that can be hard for some people. You have to pay attention. You have to listen. And you have to provide that time for people to truly say how they're feeling, what's going on. And if they need help, allowing them to say, I need help. Allowing them to say, I feel frustrated. You cannot take their feelings away from them. But how can you support them to be able to move forward and motivate them to keep going? And that's where as a leader, we come in because our jobs as leaders is to inspire, motivate, guide, empower the people that manage the task. So let me ask you this. You, you sit in a, in a really cool niche with your company where you're, you're trying to help people that are high performers, want to get things done. Mm Mm-hmm. In, in, I guess I would say a, a more linear fashion, right? Mm-hmm. Into, into really solid and effective leaders, right? Yes. What, as we're kind of closing up here, what are a few tips that people listening could walk away with today to say, you know what? I fit, I fit in that spot. I know I'm really good at what I do, but I, I know I can impact more. So, what are a couple ways today that they could start working towards becoming better leaders? So this is where I say IQ got you hired, right? EQ or emotional intelligence will get you promoted, will help you move forward. That's strong. I like that. Yeah. So how can I increase my emotional intelligence to now leverage it to show up and show off and show up means, you know, to be present, to show off means to present. And so with that, when you do that, you're making an impact in the workplace. You're learning how to manage your emotions about it all (laughs) and how to influence others. Okay. So this is where I say, I need everyone just to sit back for a minute and just take a deep breath and know that you're going to have to get on the journey of self-awareness. And that is more than half the journey because then the other pieces of emotional intelligence, that self-management, social awareness, relationship management, it'll all fall into place for you. So that self-awareness is huge. And as I stated earlier, who are you? Do you even like yourself? (laughs) You know, when you're in certain situations, do you like how you behaved in that situation? Because listen, you're going to have to understand how your behavior and your attitude impact others. It matters. We can't just walk around nowadays saying, well, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Okay. But if you're dragging dead bodies along with you (laughs) in your Mm -hmm. journey, you have to sit back and gain that self-awareness. Self-awareness. Your, your biases, your, your triggers, what triggered those biases, your likes, dislikes, you know, who you are, you know, your boundaries, you know, and we, and you know, your strengths and you know, your talents, but you also do know your weaknesses, right? You have to know your weaknesses. So you just kind of know, okay, that's not my thing. I'm going to move over here and I'm going to get somebody to help me with that item. That's not my thing. (laughs) So knowing that that self-awareness, right? But we have to understand, we must understand today, human behavior. I'm not telling you that you need to go, you know, go take a a psychology class or anything like that. But you also too have to be aware that other people have emotions and how they maneuver, how they, how they, uh, 
um, work through the things that are going on with them, specifically in, in the workplace, right? So another thing I would also to encourage with the self-awareness, you're going to dive into that empathy. You're going to dive into that um, a level of diversity, a level of that inclusive attitude, because the workforce is changing the framework of leadership. Okay, so self-awareness is huge. Understanding that empathy, your flexibility, or what I call those soft power skills. You know, are you inspiring? Are you trustworthy? Can you communicate well? Well, you're like, how can I judge that, Nicole? Do people come to you in the workplace? Do people come to you? Are they, do they come to you in a comfortable manner? Are they comfortable coming to you? Right? So, so or is it just people just kind of avoid you and you don't know why <laughs> that's something for you to to think about and we need to know those those old skills of dominance and power and commanding that that's not going to work today that's not going to work today because what we're trying to do is create that resonant leadership where you can create a positive emotional impact leveraging your emotional intelligence and I've, I've had some debate, Brian, with people saying, oh, emotional intelligence, it's all about emotions. No, emotional intelligence is um, being able to understand your, being understand your behavior, your emotions, okay, and manage them, but also know others and how you can influence others. But also, too, it helps you cope with life's challenges, build and maintain those relationships, and helps you see the impact your behavior has on others. So, Brian, the tip, walk in the journey. Get on the journey of self-awareness. We have to know who we are. We have to understand how we are to then be able to build and maintain those relationships and then lead others. And then lead others. Wow, I think that, I mean... That's great. I feel like I need to take a deep breath to. <laughs> I, I, one of the things, one of the things you said there um, made me think. Uh, funny enough, it was it happened this week. Uh, you you touched on this and you said, "Do you like yourself?" And I was I was getting my daughter ready for school, um, getting ready to put her in the car, and she started naming off members of the family, saying, "I, I love you, Daddy. I love Mommy. Aww. I love. I, she loves her brother. And yes. my wife's pregnant, so she even says oh. she she calls him Bucket Brother. Oh. But, <laughs> and then she got to the end, and she said, "And I love myself. Oh. And it made me smile. But she did something even after that. She looked at me and said, "Daddy, do you love yourself? And f she's two and a half. So for a two and a half year old to to ask that, um, it, I stopped for a second to really think about it. Does she know what it meant? And I think she really did know what it meant. She loves yeah. who she is. And I responded right away. I said, yeah, baby, I love myself. And it's something I told my wife and it, it made me think about it for the rest of the day. Like if, if that makes sense, like just in my head, like thinking about one that, that she thought to ask that or even say that, but, uh, but two, uh, what are, what, why do I love myself? What are the reasons? And, and am I teaching my kids to love themselves and uh, accept themselves? Because to me, you can't really, you can't really accept others the way you should, if you don't really accept yourself all the way too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's just interesting you say that I have a, a, a friend of mine and she posted on Facebook, um, where she asked her son who is, I want to say he's eight. You know, what do you love about yourself? Huh. 
And he said, and he said, you know, I'm kind, I'm sweet. He goes, I'm very smart. I mean, you know, (laughs) yeah. And she said, you are. And he said, yes, I am. And it's just, you know, not telling our children, you know, they're being bad, you know, not telling our children, you know, why are you crying? You know, it's, it's not a, not affirming those behaviors, but affirming that, yes, you are sweet. You are kind, you know, you are smart and whatever positive adjective that you can, you can give them. But that's, that's, that's great, especially as a, um, a young lady that you're raising, you know, for her to say she loves herself, keep that going, keep that going. Because there's going to be days where we question who we are. There's going to be days where we question our credibility and can we even do this? And that's where we just have to sit back for a minute and, you know, just affirm that, yes, these are my strengths. This is who I am. And gosh, darn, I love myself (laughs) for who I am. But also, too, in leadership, you know, letting your team know these are my strengths. This is who I am. You know, these are the things that, yeah, you know, opportunities for me, but that's why I have you as my team because my team helps fill in those gaps. When you hire for your team or when you work with your team, everyone brings something unique to the table. If everyone was good at the same thing, you would get nothing done. Yeah. All right. And that's what leadership needs to understand. This is where I say, you know, this going in that self-awareness journey. All right. Being an exemplary leader, inspiring, guiding, motivating, empowering, promotes that satisfaction in the workplace. People are more committed. They're more motivated. motivated. And also, too, as a leader, as, as someone that leverages their emotional intelligence and their self-awareness, you're more persuasive and you're influential. You're influential. Yeah, completely agree. Absolutely. So before I let you go... Uh- I do want to give you a chance to leave any final thoughts that you have for the listeners. Although I, I mean, we've talked about so much and I feel like I've gained so much, um, anything you want to reemphasize, um, as we wrap up. I think what COVID has shown me through this journey of this pandemic (laughs) (laughs) is that we're not going back to normal. We're not going back to normal. And so we have to sit back and understand what that means for us individually. But here's an opportunity for everyone to walk that journey of self-awareness, understand who you are, leverage your emotional intelligence. It helps you gain that trust and rapport, not only professionally, but personally. This also works wonders in the home with your children, with your family, in the community, your neighborhoods, and, and so forth. Need us to understand that the the new modern leader focuses more on human behaviors and those soft power skills more than those hard skills. Because you have those soft skills, those soft power skills, the hard, excuse me, the hard skills won't seem so hard. It won't seem so hard. And when you're, you're a leader, listen, you have to have people to lead. Okay. You have to have followers. And because if you don't have followers, you're just taking a walk. So how do you want to show up and show off as an exemplary leader? And that's the question you have to ask yourself. I love it. You know, we didn't even touch on your podcast either. I think oh. <laughs> I, I, you you probably have just picked up a new listener in me. 
Um, <laughs> but do, do you want to let, let people know kind of where they can listen to your podcast? Absolutely. So I am CEO and founder of JMS Creative Leadership Solutions. We're a boutique leadership development and coaching practice. Um, so I do work with individuals. I do work with groups, if you want to do group coaching, as well as organizations. I also have my own podcast called Leveling Up with Nicole Smith. We just wrapped up season two. We're going to go into season three, but Brian, I think I'm going to have to revamp because there's just so much going on the past couple of months. And so, yes, I'm excited about season three. So that season three is probably going to start back up in, in March. But I'm also an author, a three-time author. Um, my number one bestseller is 20 Golden Leadership Nuggets. And I, the beauty of that book is that I don't talk any leadership theory. I talk about how to be the leader today, right now. Go for it. Apply it today, not go and read and Google all the leadership theory. And I help individuals find their leadership style, but know they're going to weave in and out of different styles. And so I help individuals move from just being a top performer to an exemplary leader. And what does that look like for you? And shifting mindsets along the way. So just helping people lean into their greatness, Brian. Awesome. Hey, Nicole, I can't thank you enough for joining us today. You really kind of made me think about some things and reevaluate how I want to approach kind of looking at my team and um, and how I am at home, which I think is like you yes. said, it doesn't have to just be professional. It can be it can be at home too, and it's going to make you uh, make you a better husband, father, brother, uh, whatever role you're playing in your Absolutely. family dynamic. So I'm excited. So thank you so much again for joining us. And thank you, Brian, for having me. This has been the Government Huddle Podcast. You can check out more episodes of the show by heading over to gmarku.com or wherever you access your podcasts. And feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn or on Twitter at shittesterab. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye for now.